right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your roommate's novel veteran. And I'm the spooky virgin. <laughs> and we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing okay. It's yep. We're in the thick of October right now. We are in the thick of October. And we're recording on a Saturday, which is different. So it's all very exciting. Yes. Yeah, so how should we get started? Well, I think what the most important thing is to call out some patrons. Patrons. Mm-hmm. I always say it wrong. Patrons. <laughs> and because we, we are keeping the call outs mm-hmm. to the main episodes because we know some people don't listen to the minisodes. And that's fine. So we wanted our patrons to get the spotlight they deserve. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, getting a shout out is one of the things, uh, one of the benefits of becoming a, a patron. So that's what we're going to do right now. And do you want me to start, Aaron? Yeah. Well, I just want to say again, like, thank you so much to everybody who's become a patron. When we started it, I really thought we were going to get like three to five people. And I would have been very excited. And the, the response has been overwhelming, so we really, really appreciate everybody who has signed up with us. It has been great, and we posted our first patron-only episode, which is the first episode of Learning the Crepes, which is our spinoff <laughs> show about Bake Off. Mm-hmm. Now, we're doing that just for fun, because we like to talk Bake Off. We'll do it anyway, so we might as well record it. And we know right. some of our fans are really into that show, so we thought it'd be a nice, fun thing to throw up on there. We are going to be doing more romance-centric stuff, so it's not going to be uh, – we're not going to just throw up anything up there, but we we really thought it would be fun, and we'll see. If people like it, they like it. If they say, eh, we're not interested, then we'll do something different. Um, all right, Clay, do you want to start with our first patron? Yeah, so our first patron, and uh, pardon me if I say this wrong, is Beatrice Venner. and. Yeah. They gave us, they, they're they part of the I can and want to pay more tier. So mm. thank you so much. Obviously, anything helps and counts and is great, but it's a little above and beyond. So we wouldn't give you an extra shout out there. <laughs> um, and so th- then do we want to do every other? Do you want to do like five and I'll do five or? I think we, weren't we doing every other before? Let's do every other. Okay. So then the next is MJ. No last name necessary. She's like Madonna. Um, and then we have Lauren Greenberg. And Denise Bond. And then Andrina Mazea. Did I say that right? Is it possible? <laughs> it's probably not. What, like we said, part of this tier is that if you if we say your name wrong, you can let us know and then we will say it again. So anybody whose name we've said wrong can get an extra shout out. That is also part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then we have uh, Beth Alcock. And then we have Hilary Benoit. Nina. Laura Hidalgo. And Amy Back. Amy Back. Thank you all, everybody, for your contributions. It is amazing. We really appreciate it. And there's going to be fun stuff coming. So hang in there. And, you know, we just really appreciate it. Um, All right. Well, let's just jump right into our book. So... As everybody knows, October is for witches, and so we are reading three witch books this week, and so this is kicking it off for us. 
uh, is The X-Hex, which is X-Hex number one by Aaron Sterling. It just came out last month. It came out September 4th. Um, but this is a book that people really seem to be connecting with. Um, I see it all over TikTok all the time. And we, full disclosure, did get arcs of this book. We don't always get uh, do a episode on a book because we got an arc of it, but this just... It happened to work out. So yeah, Clayton. So let's get started. Let's judge this cover. Uh, it's cute. It's cartoon. It's mm-hmm. a cartoon cover. It's the, so we've got Vivi and, okay, how do I say his name? Because I'm going to remember it. Reese. Reese. Re- like Reese Witherspoon, Reese. Great. I, I'll actually remember that. <laughs> Vivi and Reese up on a broomstick. They're right in front of the moon. They're very small. And then the X-Hex really big. And down in the left-hand corner, there is a gazebo. So I guess that's to denote that it's like, you know, a small, small, pretty town. They have gazebos. And it's it's definitely cute. I mean, it, it is like a rom-com-ish book cover. And I do think that this is a book. I don't, I'm not, I don't mind this cartoon cover. Like, I think it is a really beautiful cover and it's a really striking cover. And I also think it like, having a cartoon cover kind of fits this book. I mean, this book is kind of like a hometown. It's pretty cute. There's nothing too heavy happening in it. So I, you know, it's well documented. We're not generally fans of cartoon covers, but I think in this instance, this is a a really well done cartoon cover that I think does a really good job of sort of giving you an idea of what the book is actually about. Yeah, and it's not it, it 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 yeah, it definitely is indicative of of the tone of the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to open this up and then something really nasty is happening and be like, "I was fooled." <laughs> exactly. Although at, at this point, I guess cartoon covers depending like if you started reading romance when cartoon covers became the norm, you're not shocked by what's inside. I think that's the difference, right? Cuz we talk about cartoon covers all the time being kind of not indicative of what's inside but now that it's become the norm i think there are romance readers who think oh yeah there can be cartoons on the cover and there can be nasty filthy sex and it it isn't it doesn't it's not weird yeah there's no dissonance there for for me um all right well clayton what was this book about this book was about reese who is well it starts with viv viv is a witch and she lives in a, a small town and she had a fling with Reese nine years ago when they were teenagers. He broke her heart. She and her family put a curse on him, a, a, a jokey curse. They weren't actually trying to curse him. But he comes back for the Founder's Day celebration, which is around Halloween because mm-hmm. his family is like found this, this town. And he comes back and bad things start happening and there's a curse on him and they have to, him and Viv have to team up to try and end this curse. And they fall in love again. That's basically in a nutshell. Yeah. What did you think? It was fine. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, you read this, you read this before and, uh, and it, it, it's the tone that I don't love. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, that's the thing. Contemporaries, very hard for me, especially ones like this where everybody has a pithy thing to say. And 
I liked, I simultaneously liked that the stakes were, they, they were high, definitely, because there was a curse and it and, and magic was going crazy in the, in the town, but I never felt anybody was genuinely in danger, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, because it's a romance, but no, I mean, people are in danger in romances, but this kind of romance, this rom-com type of romance, and I... It, it it did feel like low stakes, weirdly, which is okay, which is good. I didn't want really heavy stuff, but then it was like too light and airy. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just being... It's funny because I'll, I'll, I'll really hit a book for being too heavy and then when something's so... And ask it to be more light. And then when it's more light, I say, ah, oh, well, there's nothing there. <laughs> I don't know. You know how it is, though, as a reader. You, it, there, yeah. you can't really put your finger on... There was just something that didn't elevate this to the point of me really loving it. Yeah. But it was perfectly serviceable. And it was witchy, if you're into that. Which, I don't know if I am. (laughs) And we're doing two other books. (laughs) About witches, yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's the whole Harry Potter effect. That Mm -hmm. whole thing in here where there's... There's schools with people teaching witchcraft and and things, and that's just not my bag. I have no interest in that. When people start talking about Harry Potter, I blank out. I start thinking about other things. I just have no I have no interest in in magic schools or being taught magic or or anything like that. Yeah, because Vivi works. So there's the little town that they live in, Graves Glen. There is Penn Hollow, which is a university. Or college that is like a normal school. Like you can just go there and get a degree in accounting. Um, But then there's also secretly within it a witch school that you can go and learn like about magic. And the regular students don't necessarily know that there's the witch school there. And so Vivi is sort of like resisting teaching the witch classes. She wants to teach just the classes to the normal human students. Yeah, I had a hard time with this book, too. I mean, I really wanted to love it. And when I first started reading it, I did. But I feel like it just kind of came off the rails as it went on. Because it was like, I didn't understand why Reese left. And this could just be that maybe I didn't, I missed that part of the book or I wasn't paying attention. That's always like a distinct possibility. (laughs) But I feel like, so he left because he is from this really old witch family and they founded this town and they're very powerful. And so he had to leave because he was like supposed to marry somebody else for like an alliance situation. So that's why he left at the end of the summer. But I don't feel like there was ever a wrap up of like, well, he didn't end up marrying that person. Mm -hmm. And then he just comes back. And I think the thing is, I never understood why Reese and Vivi couldn't be together, like what the obstacles were other than like he lives in Wales and she lives in Georgia, which I guess long distance is tough. But there was never a moment where I was like, oh, man, they're really not going to make this work. And I think that's the part of romance that I love is the moment of like, there's no way that these two are going to be able to get it together. Like the obstacles are too huge. And then they end up overcoming it. And that's sort of the joy in it. But this kind of seemed like well, she's going to move to Wales or he's going to move to Georgia. Like, that's fine. You yeah, know? I, I felt that way, too, was 
initially, you know, after he left, and then when he showed back up, she was just mad at him. And that was the reason why they weren't going to be together, because she was holding a grudge against him. And that's enough to start with, but then uh, there's no more obstacle after that. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like that he was cursed, and so then he was going to die on Samhain, Mm -hmm. which is... Samhain is a Celtic holiday and it's not necessarily Halloween. Like this year, Samhain, I think is on November 4th, but I guess in this time, Samhain and Halloween happen on the same night, which like can happen. It was just odd to me too. Cause I was like, well, can't he just like leave the town and will he still die if he just leave? <laughs> like, well, because- I don't, there was a lot that I was just like, I don't really understand this, you know? Well, also, he only became cursed when he entered the town, right? Because mm-hmm. he was, he, he has a, he, his job is, he's basically a travel agent, but yeah. he makes people's, he makes people's trips just smooth. Like, he makes mm-hmm. them really good, but not like, he, he makes them great, but not in a way that's obvious, just in that they're not late and there's not bad weather and all these things that are, you, you don't notice, but you do notice to make a vacation great, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if you have beautiful weather, you're like, this is great, and you just kind of enjoy it. But if it's, like, pouring down rain, you're like, this is the worst vacation ever. And mm-hmm. he makes sure it doesn't rain, so people are like, this is great. And that's cool, but also, I I also had an issue with, like, what are the levels of, of their magic? Like, how powerful truly are they? And, like, what, what can they actually do with their powers other than make things pleasant and stuff? Like there's there's there was never really like an understanding for me as to how powerful they truly were, but that's 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 always the issue with these things is like it's the issue with paranormal stuff in general like ghosts like when ghosts are in a house and they're torturing families it's like well are they powerful enough to just kill them why are they not just killing them uh, you know like what is mm-hmm. the what is the boundaries of the powers and I think that was also something that I was probably thinking too much about which shows like if I if I really was invested in these characters I wouldn't have been thinking as much about those other things right because then and also like Reese never seemed that worried like Reese was always just like yeah it's gonna be fine we'll figure out a way for everything to be okay Mm -hmm. and so I was like well if he's not worried then I'm not worried you know what I mean it was just very odd like tonally I felt like everybody was kind of in it at a different place and it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't hit for me either. And I I reread it, obviously, because I read this when I was on vacation. So, like, I read this at the end of August. So then I reread it so that I would be fresh for this. And I was kind of like, you know, I was remembering stuff as I was reading it. But it, there was nothing that I was like, oh, wow, like, this is a, this is an amazing spooky book. Because it, it was just cute. And if you like, like, small town kind of stuff, then, like, you'll probably like this. And I think the premise is really good. And I just think it just kind of fell off the rails at the end. I, we find out that the reason, because also it's it's that Vivi is not, and her family aren't like particularly great witches. Like they seem to have powers, but we're to believe that the Penhollows, that Reese and his family are, are very much more powerful. And we find out it's because in olden times, Vivi's ancestor and Reese's ancestor like had an affair and Reese's ancestor stole all of Vivi's ancestor's powers 
And so therefore, when she cursed Reese, it was like a bloodline curse. It sort of like matched up to the one that her ancestor had also done. And so that's what made it powerful. And then she just kind of had to ask her ancestor, like, can you cool it with this curse, please? And the answer was yes. Uh, which is fine. I, I, yeah, it's hard because there was just like nothing much to talk about. I mean, there was the talking cat that I did love and I thought was really cute. Just asked for treats all the time. I, yeah. I, I got that. That was like a good joke, but it's like one note. Mm-hmm. You know, because remember, uh, not to compare authors, but I'm going to Anne Aguirre in the first uh, in uh, in Strange Love, the dog mm-hmm. was able to talk. Yeah, and mm-hmm. was able to make that dog a character in a really interesting way, and it, it started out very jokey. But then mm-hmm. you really thought, oh, that's how a dog would actually what that's what a dog would actually say if it if it could speak. And it became a character that you enjoyed. The cat was just a one note gag. It's cute. It's fine. But I, I agree where it's like maybe if like the cat had more of a reason for being or was able was like the thing that solved or made them figure out how to change the curse or something. It would have been more exciting. And, and this book falls into that trap of we've talked about. How when an author knows when exactly to start their book, mm-hmm. it's so great. Right. This book started, I think, maybe 30 to 40 pages too early in the sense of the first chapter should have been he, him coming into town, the curse having been like the all that stuff happening to him with him trying to change a tire and it bursting and all that and then Vivi almost hitting him with the car because right. all of his while he's walking to try and you know to 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 get away to town all of his thoughts could be the stuff that we saw the 30 to 40 pages ahead of that mm-hmm. and that's why when I started reading it I thought this is too much setup this is too much setup we we don't need this much. You can explain this later when they're talking to each other. It's too much setup. Right. And then he started talking about the lie lines so much. He, he mentioned the these lines, lie lines, yeah. the lay lines so much, so much. The lay lines, got to get to the lay lines, got to get to the lay lines. And it was like, okay, just go or don't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's the thing too with Supernatural or fantasy or sort of any of this genre stuff that I think you and I have difficulty with is like, we don't really care and we don't really know. And so it's like, tell us enough that we are like, okay, the ley lines are important. Yes. And then stop. I don't need to know more about the ley lines because it's just like, I don't know. I don't get it. And so, and it's kind of irrelevant to the story other than I know now it's important to the characters and that's important, but yeah, I agree. It started a little bit too early. And I don't know, there was there was parts that I really did enjoy and I felt like were good. Like I thought all the sex scenes and everything were really well done. Mm-hmm. And his father's house being like a spooky, like the Munster's house. Loved that. thought that was really fun. But yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's just very strange, too, because it's like, so in this world, like, witches and magic exist in this town, and people don't know about it, but why? But why? I don't know, because that's the thing, too. It's like, if this exists, like, people do know about it, people don't know about it, what will happen if people do know? It doesn't seem like they're particularly nervous about that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, tr- it's it, it very much is is 
light and fluffy, which is if that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for, that's great. And I think a lot of people are. This is like yeah. light and fluffy, which is which is is good, but it just came and went from my mind in a way that it shouldn't have. Right. Especially when I'm trying to review it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing too. It's like I really forgot it after I'd read it, which is awful. I feel bad that we're really ripping this apart because I do feel like it's a book that people love. And I think it's just one of those things like it just didn't connect with us. And that doesn't mean it won't connect with you if you're interested in reading it. Like, still read it certainly there's nothing about it that I think is like so bad or you know what I mean like if somebody came to me and they're like no I really loved the x-hex I'd be like yeah sure (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of people that really loved it it just didn't connect with me and I felt like just for me it's like if you can't show me an actual reason why these two characters can't be together in a real way even if it is something small then I'm just not as invested because it's like that's the thing about romance is like I'm basically reading to watch these two people that that should be together but can't for some big reason and how do they overcome that big reason why they can't be together and like distance is fine like a long distance relationship is an obstacle but I never believed that with this because there was nothing seemed to be tying Reese to Wales other than that was just where he lived you know there was nothing it wasn't like oh he has a daughter there that's going to school and and Vivi can't move because she has to run the shop or you know what I mean there there was nothing like that so it was like I don't know they're two young healthy people like yeah they could kind of live anywhere and doesn't he have some sort of transportation device or stone or something that he, yeah. he could just use? Because the other thing was he wanted to drive into town when he could have just transported there. And it's like, all right, I get that that's setting up the whole accident and stuff, but just transport. Like, why would you ever drive anywhere if you could transport yourself? I know. If you if you had traveling stones, that would be amazing. That's the worst part of anything. It's getting there. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess some people do enjoy driving. I mean, I used to enjoy driving back in the day, and I could see the pleasures of it. But if he wanted to get in and get out of this town, then you just transport. Right, because why wouldn't you just transport directly to the ley lines, do your thing, and then immediately leave? Mm-hmm. Well, he had to hook up with Viv. Right. Well, and so then they leave. He's like, I guess I have to go. Because after they've had this, like, this big emotional experience and they've defeated a curse together, then she, like, brings him to the field where they met and they fuck in a car. And then she's like, nice knowing you. I'll see you mm-hmm. later. And, I'm like, they never even have a discussion about, like, should we try to make this work? And then for reasons that don't make sense, after they've said I love you, they just go their separate ways Mm-hmm. And then one day Viv is now teaching magic classes and she's just like walking through the halls and she happens to walk by an office and she notices, happens to notice that it's Reese's name on the office door. And then she opens the door and he's there and he's like, surprise. I was like, this wasn't a surprise. Like you're banking on her noticing. Like I I could walk by something for years and never <laughs> read it or yeah. notice. Like it's such an, I, I don't like when books or movies do that. And it's like, isn't this a great surprise? And it's like, no, like show up at her door or something, but you like went and interviewed and have set up an office and you spent this morning talking to it about getting your password set up, you know, like instead go talk to her. 
how would she not know also that he was hired? Right, because you'd think somebody would be like, oh, a pen hollow, like, you know how this school is called pen hollow? Like, oh, we're gonna have an actual pen hollow professor. Like, yeah, we'll talk about everything. Yeah, there's no way that somebody wouldn't be like, hey, that guy Reese, he's back. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like a it's a slice of life, small town book with some fun witch stuff. Maybe it's for you. Not yeah. So much for us. Well, here's here's the big question. Would uh-huh. you fuck them? I mean, yes. That's I, thing. The spicy scenes are spicy. Reese good, loves but, to go down. He, which is good. It's admirable of him. Not admirable. It's not. It's, yeah. What the fuck is the matter? Should with you be the, should be the way to to, to do it. He should, right. Everybody should do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I had no feeling either way. I mean, I I guess I would, but I I don't have a strong urge to. Yeah. Either of them, really. All right, should we do Goodreads list? Let's do it. So best modern millennial rom-com chicklets. Um, is this specifically millennial? I guess it feels that way. I mean, I guess they're supposed to be in their late 20s. So that's millennial. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, again, subjective. I, I wouldn't put on my list of best, obviously. Okay. What about the list of best books ever? Uh, no, no possible way. Because if <laughs> if you said best romance books ever, possibly for somebody. Best contemporary romance, possibly. But like best books ever, there's no possible way this, this goes on a best book ever list in any world. Right. It's just too, it's just too broad of a categorization for me. Romantic comedies you don't want to miss. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess. I mean, the thing is, too, that's been frustrating is how these books that are romances are starting to be called rom-coms or romantic comedy books where it's like, I didn't find the book particularly funny, but it's not my sense of humor. And, you know, like we always say, maybe it is your sense of humor and that's great. But it's like, I feel like the rom-comification is a little bit like the cartoon covers where she's like trying to make it palatable. We're like, oh, no, this isn't a romance novel. It's a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so it's a still a romance. Like there are plenty of romances that are funny. Yeah. Anyway, don't be ashamed of this. It's a rom com, right? Oh, it's not like a silly romance. It's a rom com, like the movies. Like that's isn't that more palatable? And now I don't know if it's individual authors requesting this, and I doubt it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just I don't love it because it's one of those things where it's like you're not wrong, but I all I I see what you're doing here. You know? Yeah. Uh, rom-coms with illustrated covers. That is true. A fact. Netflix, look here for rom-coms to adapt. Boy, oh boy, toil and trouble. Sure. Witches. Get it. Oh, the romance. To, no. What is that? No. (laughs) What is that? It's so, what is that? I, yeah. And it's not a particularly romantic book. It's, no. You know what I mean? It's not... Like, we come here for a specific arc with romance, and this just didn't give it. It did not give what it was supposed to give. Um, All right, the next. Wise women, witches, midwives, healers, and strong girls. I guess there's one or two of those, maybe. Witches. Witches, yeah. Vampires and werewolves and witches, oh my. Witches. Best book featuring witches. 
Mm, I haven't read a lot of witches' books. Uh huh. But I, 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 I doubt it. Wicca and other pagan-based fiction. So they aren't Wicca in this, but books where the hero slash heroine have powers in this world. Yes. Best magical realism, witchy fiction. Um, it is it is magical realism, yeah. All Hallows Reads. That's fun. I like that title. That's a good one, yes. Yeah. And I would say, if you're looking for a light, fun, spooky read for Halloween, you could do worse. This is cute for that. Yes. All right. Should we go through tropes? Yes. Witches in romance, second mm-hmm. chance romance, small town, close families, bad. I guess, is Simon a bad dad? No. Yeah. He's just kind of a lot. <laughs> he just seems like a closed off person, but he's not like he does anything particularly destructive. I mean, he's rude, so he's a rude dad. Yeah, he's a rude dad. He's not. He's not a bad dad. I know, considering the bad dads we've come across in romance, he's not oh, that bad. Oh, Achimachi, I know. <laughs> uh, hero is from Wales. I don't think we've ever had a hero from Wales, have we? Isn't Poppy's husband from the Rav... Uh, not the Ravenels, the Hathaways. Wasn't her husband Welsh? Oh, or is that a... Winterborn? Oh, I don't know. Read? That's a great question. But yeah, that, yeah. that those are my tropes. Aaron, what are your tropes? So I have a witch heroine, a witch hero, powers in our world, which is basically like the world as this is our world, but just some people have magical powers. Second chance romance, cats in romance, drunken shenanigans, because it all starts with her getting uh, wasted. Welsh hero and a small town romance. Oh, I forgot one. What? Which would be grunge ghosts. Oh, Piper, Piper McBride. <laughs> yeah, Piper McBride. For, she was died in 94, I guess. I know. You she don't think flannel. of ghosts being born in the late 70s. Yes. It'd be, it's it's weird. And it's weird. Yeah, it's weird to think of a Gen X ghost or a millennial <laughs> ghost. Imagine a millennial ghost. I know. That actually is probably going to be a sitcom at some point. Millennial ghost? Yeah. Do you want to trademark it right now? No, you'll now it's away. okay. Yeah, I don't really want to have any involvement with that. <laughs> with the millennial ghost. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is funny. But I guess it's true, you know? I guess ghosts come from any time. So, all right, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Oh, my goodness. Well, I forgot to talk about this before. And we actually watched this together. It is a... I guess documentary on Netflix, which saying those things makes me saying those words together make me sick to my stomach because there's oh, too gosh. many bad documentaries on Netflix. I'm very down on Netflix, but you are. And they're also it, the thing with Netflix is like they always make them like 12 part series where it's like just do one 90 minute thing and we're done. Exactly. Well, okay, so I, I started watching Clickbait, which isn't a documentary, but it's a TV show because it has Vinny Chase from Entourage in it. And it is eight episodes, and it should be a two-hour movie. Because mm-hmm. it is dragging this out. Just like, just, ha- not, not everything has to be a TV show. 
Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is on Netflix. It's part of the Untold documentary series, which is about sports. And it's called Crime and Penalties. And it's about this hockey team that this guy from the mob bought his 17-year-old son a <laughs> hockey team. And this kid manages it at 17. And they're called the Trashers because the dad was in waste management, of course. And you you think it's going to be – the great thing about this documentary is that you think you know where it's going to go. And it eventually goes there. But you think you know these people and what they're going to do, and you don't. Mm -hmm. Because it is actually, like, really inspiring. Because you think, okay, this – well, I don't want to ruin it. But if you think it's just going to be about uh, uh, this 17-year-old kid being an idiot and wasting his opportunity, you're mistaken. And I think I even gave too much away with that. But you watched it with us, me, me, Pat, and you watched it on the Mm -hmm. recommendation of your father, and Mm -hmm. it is so fun and great. And so I would recommend that. Definitely, definitely worth the fifteen bucks that Netflix costs to subscribe at this point. Right. So it's called Untold Crime and Penalties, (laughs) and it took place in Connecticut. You liked it too, right? Yeah, no, it was really fun. I mean, I love a sports documentary. I loved 30 for 30. And this is kind of like Netflix's version of 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was great. Well, Aaron, what has you swooning? So I think I swooned about the first season of this TV show. And now we're into the second season. It's called Love on the Spectrum. It's an Australian like docu-series. Um, there's not many episodes. I think it's only like four or five. It's on Netflix as well. And it's just... Uh, some of the same people from last season who are people who are on the autism spectrum who are trying to date. And I don't know. It's just a series that I really, really love. I think mostly because these people all come from really like loving families and it seems like they all, you know, being on the autism spectrum isn't the easiest thing, but it seems like their families really love them so much and support them and get such a kick out of them in a way that's really sweet. And it's the sort of thing where, you know, you think before you watch the show, oh, it's going to be so different from my experience. But it's like, at the end of the day, it is just these people who just want to be seen for who they are and loved for who they are. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think it's so rare that you see people be so honest about what they're looking for and why they're looking for it. And so, yeah, I just really, really love it. So love on the spectrum season two. Does any of the parents buy their kid a hockey team? Not yet. No, maybe season three. I don't know. Do people play hockey in Australia? Is that a stupid question? Oh, uh, well, well you'll hear from our, Austra- we got some Australian listeners and they'll, they'll either say they, they don't, or how dare you? Right. I mean, I know they do like field hockey, which is different. I don't I, know. I would. I, they I don't must know how, do ice hockey. Yeah. yeah. It's just. To. I don't know how popular it is. Yeah. You know, as opposed to in some other places in the world. But it's got to. There's got to be a little peewee hockey, and they they probably have a national team that goes to the Olympics and stuff. Oh yeah, totally. All right. So that was a stupid question. Obviously, they do play hockey. Yeah. Growing up, we always, because I'm from New Hampshire, and so 
people would all flood their backyards right as it started to get cold and so everyone had a, like uh like lake ice on their backyard <laughs> and everyone would practice there yeah new hampshire big hockey place huge big hockey. hockey yeah yeah all right aaron well yeah so where can they find us so don't forget to rate review and follow us on apple podcasts or review us kind of anywhere that where you're listening to a podcast you guys are really wonderful at this thank you so much um we are on patreon so that's in the show notes if you do want to join um you can join us there it's the minimum is five dollars so there you go we if you want to email us learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com if you have a suggestion if you have any feedback if there's a book you want us to read any of those sort of things you can always just email us there we are on twitter at learning tropes and on instagram at learning the tropes we have our facebook troop which you can come join for as long as facebook is going to be around which it seems like maybe not much longer and then we have merch which is linked below as well yeah all right and we will see you next week happy reading spooky reading (laughs) spooky reading Oh, it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> 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 <laughs>